We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another edition, Dice Tradecast on the Rotoviz Radio Network via our friends over at Blue Wire. Week two is in the books. Week two is in the books, folks. And I am joined by the person that I pay fifty to hundred dollars per episode, Dan Senyo. Well, the convenient thing is I charge fifty to one hundred dollars per episode because it's just not worth my time. If I'm going to spend hours prepping for a forty-five minute segment, I mean it's got to be worth my time. No, uh, we pay each other uh, mostly in in favors on the side, but uh, we are here. Uh, ask us to be on your podcast. We won't charge you fifty to one hundred dollars. Well, Nathan might. I'm not as greedy. <laughs> but yeah, week week two Monday night football is being played currently, so don't spoil it for us like you normally do. And uh, some exciting topics and and kind of fun. We're getting to see some, well, there's been some strange games, but we're seeing guys we kind of would hope would take a big step, taking big steps. Well, one man who doesn't need to take big steps because he has smaller legs. <laughs> we have <laughs> Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is... You know, Dan, remember when I said that stupid thing a couple weeks ago when I said Kyler Murray hadn't really proved that he was a great NFL quarterback yet? I, I, I think he's proven it, right? I, I think he's proven that he's more than just a guy who scrambles around. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of saw the same guy in 2019 and 2020. But 2021 Kyler now with another year under the belt with Cliff and, and just weapons galore aside from running backs, which they don't need anyways because they have the ultimate running back. In Kyler Murray, it's it's looked different. The willingness to push the ball down the field, take chances. Um, I'm getting a lot more gunslinger out of Kyler than I probably anticipated, and we still have all of that upside with the legs. So this is this is exciting. This is big for for Arizona as they continue to just kind of stockpile really nice assets aside from the corpse of AJ Green, who they 
want to force feed for whatever reason, or at least the last game plan was that way. So it's, uh, it's really good. Kyler looked really good against the Vikings aside from a couple of throws, but one of them, he got forearm shivered, which was just a freebie. And, um, yeah, the, the red zone stuff is what I think is most, uh, most important in regards to his fantasy production, because I don't recall who it was. I just looked at Twitter not that long ago. Somebody posted, uh, it might've been Josh Norris. Uh, the number of red zone carries for quarterbacks, Cam Newton had like 250 and scored a whole bunch of touchdowns. Uh, Lamar Jackson had just under a hundred and scored like 15. And then Kyler had something like 45 and had scored 14 already on those 45. So the, the red zone, it's like if he's taking the ball in his own hands in the red zone, they're scoring and it's probably going to be Kyler doing it. Yeah. Kyler definitely has shown a lot in the first two weeks, 30 in traditional quarterback scoring. He scored 33 points in each of the first two weeks. He is the QB one through two weeks. And I, I think that, you know, he's probably cementing himself, you know, Lamar obviously had a big night last night, but I think he's kind of firmly cementing himself with the offense around him, with his ability, with his legs as the QB two in dynasty right now. Yeah. He's, he's this year so far through two games looked completely different. We saw the signs and flashes of all of this. We wanted to see it consistently and we've seen it now consistently. It's still a small sample being only two games, but, his willingness, like I said before, to to go downfield, to take chances and and go for the big plays, it's I mean it's proving pretty productive. So uh, I'm I'm all on board. I, I think you're absolutely spot on. Where he's I think without question the QB two in Dynasty. As much as I want Dak Prescott or even or even Justin Herbert to be up a little bit higher, those guys have been well. They were mild this week. Uh, week week one was a little bit different, but I think Kyler Kyler is kind of what we wanted Lamar Jackson to be. He has all of the big upside with his arm and all of the big big upside with his with his legs. You know, probably not as many carries as the other guys that were were used to seeing, but at the same time, all of his carries are meaningful. It seems there he's not just running for two yards. He's running for 14 or he's running for a score or something like that, where Lamar is kind of, you know, he gets out of the pocket, goes for two, gets out of the pocket, no gain, gets out of the pocket and slides for negative seven yards or something like that. It's, it's different. It's there. It's way more, his legs are seem to me like they're way more productive than Lamar's where the upside is probably better with Lamar's legs just because of the volume. But Kyler's just always seem productive. Yeah, and they're both incredibly evasive in the pocket. And Kyler, I mean, I, I would be interested to see what the sack numbers are on him because usually mobile, mobile quarterbacks do get sacked a lot, but I feel like he is pretty evasive in the pocket. He and has he has five sacks through two games. Oh, so that's not terrible. Um, you know, it could uh, be worse. <laughs> Ch- Ch- Chandler Jones had like five sacks in the first two quarters. So true. <laughs> true. Um, and so now let's talk about our man Rondell Moore. You and I have been beating this drum for multiple years, but more so just like throughout the rookie draft season, like, hey, why is this guy going in the late first? Um, and definitely should have been going earlier. Rondell Moore, 24.4 points in week two. And obviously had the big like 70-yard touchdown 
but he's get he's getting involvement in week two that I was worried he wasn't going to get because of the cock block that is AJ Green. It <laughs> seems like yes, AJ Green is going to you know get some un unnecessary targets, but it also seems like Rondell Moore is going to grow into that wide receiver too. Even with Kirk Kirk is. Kirk has had a better year, obviously, than anyone is expected to. So, I mean, this Cardinals offense is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's weapons galore. And, you know, we, we've we been fans of Rondale. I cooled off a little bit after, you know, post-combine just because he was pretty significantly smaller than I was anticipating. I knew he was going to come in undersized, but he was much smaller than than kind of I was ready for. So, I cooled a touch, but... All of the playmaking ability is there. Everything you could want in a, a wide receiver two that plays like a wide receiver one, it's just not built like one, is there. This is Tyreek Hill with draft capital. Uh, you know, I watched him make defenders yesterday, uh, sorry, Sunday, look like they were playing junior high football. It was incredible. These are the things we expect from Rondale Moore. He's a great route runner. He's unbelievable in space. Obviously, they still have him going uh, as like punt and kick return. But there's, you know, there's a little bit of precedent there, too. We see a lot of big time guys returning kicks and punts that go into a full time number one or significant offensive role. I mean, go back to even somebody like Adrian Peterson. He had to fight for for shares against Chester Taylor for like a year and a half, and he was returning kicks and punts. And now, you know, Adrian Peterson is Adrian Peterson, Randy Moss return kicks, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's good. It's good. You're still muted, by the way. It's good to see him getting all of the looks in this offense and special teams. It's nice just to have the ball in his hands. Yeah. Antonio Brown is the best example of guy who started as the punt returner and kind of grew into an obviously high volume role and kind of, he kept that, he kept that punt return role longer than, you know, most guys do. All right. So with Rondell Moore here, where, how are you valuing him in terms of dynasty? Are you, are you valuing him more as like a mid first and early first? Where, where, Where are you pegging his value at? Well, I think as far as rookie picks go, I think he's probably best fit for that mid-range, that mid-first. You're probably not going to get into a share for that. But at the same time, the cost to acquire, especially after kind of, not necessarily a breakout game, but uh, you get to see some of what he actually really, truly can do. Uh, After a game like that, it's tough to buy anybody for a reasonable price. You're, You're better off waiting until they decide to give A.J. Green 13 targets, Christian Kirk, 10 targets, and DeAndre Hopkins to have his normal game, Rondell Moore to get like two and, you know, be taken off the punt return team or whatever it is. Those, those are the kind of times you you want to target to buy a player is, you know, the recency bias is wild in dynasty football, as I'm sure all of you are aware. And if you're not aware of it, go try to find someone that's highly sought after after a down week. And I can guarantee you they'll be less expensive than they were prior. Speaking of guys who did not have down weeks, in fact, a guy who had a career week was one Corderell Patterson. Corderell Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons, who I thought got MFL eligibility uh, for running back, but apparently did not. I think he had one of the maybe one of the FFPC leagues or something got he got running back eligibility. Anyways, nonetheless, sad for us that we can't capitalize on his running back abilities as he got five catches for 58 yards and a touchdown and seven carries for 11 yards 
and the touchdown. I, I did tweet at our buddy Jeff Miller, and I told him, uh, look, at, look at me. I spent that 2015 first-round starter pick on Cordell Patterson, and look where are we now. I'm, I got a wide receiver one week in 2021. What do you think about that? Like, are you getting – how many, um, Dan, answer this question for me. How many 2015 first round starter picks are you still getting points out of? Not many, but you are, Cordero Patterson. Yeah, I don't even remember 2015, to be completely honest. Uh, it's a, a blast from the past there. But yeah, it's Cordero. I mean, he, he, he could legitimately be startable. That offense is Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, and the defense knows that. So as much as you want to say Patterson's gadget, he's going to get enough touches or at least he should. He's had seven carries back-to-back games. He got finally involved in the passing game this week. And all you got to do is get that guy in space. We saw it in Minnesota. I mean, he struggles to catch the ball, which for a wide receiver, probably not great traits. The thing is with Cordero is, is you get him in space and he's special. He, He truly is one of the best return man of all time. And I mean, that's, that's the same thing. And you can just, Throw him a bubble screen. Get him get him running a slant where you can just put it into his lap. He can catch it with his body. You know, it, that's that's kind of what you have to chase for those gadget types, but he might be startable. It's There's going to be some work to go. Atlanta's god-awful. They're going to be trailing every game they have to throw it. They might even run some of those little, little sweet plays with him and things like that. I, honestly, he's probably the only quote-unquote running back that I would have any interest in owning there. Yeah. Definitely has been a disappointment for Mike De- Mike Davis so far this season. I I still find it probably difficult to rely on Cordero Patterson in your lineup at this stage, um, outside of you know the deepest league, the deepest of lineups. But you know he showed he's got the big playability against the Bucks in Week Two, and there is kind of a void where it's like okay that, that offense has Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. And what else? Like, there's not really a wide receiver two. There's not really an RB two unless it's Cordell Patterson. And so, th- and we, we say it all the time, this is going to be a bad football team. It's got opportunities to pass. So there's going to be opportunities for Cordell Patterson. It might be a little bit more consistent than you would like, but he's a guy who you could probably still get on, get on a lot of dynasty waiver wires. And we mention it a fair amount as far as these boom bust kind of players. It's a great best ball type asset. So if you're if you're in a best ball league that allows trading during the season, I mean, before he he takes off, technically, it might be a good time to try to get him as a best ball asset because I can't imagine this is going to be the last time he has 20 plus fantasy points. All right, let's move on to the Cowboys backfield, Dallas Cowboys backfield. You know, we flirted with it for the last year and a half or so it's like okay who's the better running back zeke old man zeke tony pollard and on sunday tony pollard was the better running back than ezekiel elliott your thoughts ezekiel elliott fan dancing <laughs> uh yeah it's 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 just kind of strange because he looks he looks healthy he looks good physically but when he's playing he just it's like it, I don't know if it's necessarily like just no effort, but the limited amount of touches is a little bit concerning. We knew that this offense was going to be built on the pass, but when you pay Ezekiel Elliott what you pay him, you should be running that man into the earth, whether it's successful or not. Obviously, probably not smart football to be trying to do something and not be successful at it, but 
Yeah, Tony Pollard this far, unfortunately, has looked like the better running back. And I, to be completely honest, I'm, I'm probably leaning towards this being a 50-50 split until one of them pulls away. And that could be Tony Pollard sooner rather than later. Zeke legit could be a cut candidate. He's not cutting Zeke season. You never, I mean, a Trey, if somebody's like, hey, we're like, Think like if if all of the Ravens or all of the 49ers running backs continue to die, right? <laughs> what you know, if if Jerry's like, I'll eat the contract, you just take him. Just we don't want him, take him. Uh, that uh, somebody could call come calling. Somebody that doesn't know what they're doing in the front office that wants a running back could come and get Ezekiel Elliott. And I, I don't think that's super outlandish. I I don't I don't think one of either one of these guys is going to be a, a workhorse. I think it's going to be essentially a 50-50 split. Yeah, I I do sometimes lean towards the fact that, you know, the name recognition, the contract, yada yada, that I think when in doubt the the volume is going to favor Ezekiel Elliott. He has just not like he's looked very slow in the first two games from a hashtag tape perspective. And Tony Pollard has looked fast, and Tony Pollard scored 23 in week two. And I think out of all of this, I think the, for the most part, you're probably still starting Zeke because he's getting enough touches to, you know, be in your starting lineup out, out unless you have some sort of stack team. I think that the, the real takeaway from week two is that, you know, and in, in, if you're in need of an RB, like a high-end RB3, low-end RB2, then, then Pollard belongs in your lineup. The, the major issue for me in Dallas now with all of the immense pass catchers, obviously with Michael Gallup being gone, that should just by itself be a little bit of a boost for Pollard, but the, but the backfield as a whole, we're starting to see these tight ends demand a little bit. And Zeke from 2018, 2019 and 2020 had no fewer than 71 targets. He has four through two games. That's not good. That's a bad sign of, of things to come. Uh, obviously it's again, just a small sample, but I think the Cowboys are showing their cards a little bit here. They want to get Tony Pollard involved and they know his worth in the passing game. And, and maybe they've come to the conclusion that force feeding more touches to Zeke when, like you mentioned, he looks slow. He, he doesn't look like 2017 or 2018 Zeke. Sorry. Uh, obviously rookie season Zeke was, was probably the best version of Zeke that we've had. But he doesn't he doesn't look like that explosive playmaker. He is just kind of turning into like Mark Ingram. And I, I'm not I'm not loving that. That's that's not a good that's not a good version to become. Yeah, so I, I think that it's kind of hard to sell Zeke. I, honestly, I, I, I will say this from a dynasty like market perspective. I am perfectly fine selling Pollard if I, if I can get like a late first, early second type value for Pollard right now. I am pouncing on that value. You think that's about where he goes? Yeah. You might even be able to sneak uh, a smidge higher or do the old, old Pollard and second for a first type of deal. That's, that's really something I would probably be looking at. And even though he doesn't look like Zeke, you're probably going to be able to get him for significantly less than, uh, than he had been going for. Uh, he's been sliding now in TriFlex ADP. Uh, he's he's in the uh, the 40 range in Superflex, which, uh, I mean, he was a borderline first rounder, you know, mm -hmm. not that long ago. So that that price to acquire is is sinking. 
now we just have to decide if we would rather have Zeke or CEH. <laughs> how about both or neither? I mean, neither. Let's go. With how, about neither? how about neither? <laughs> and let's hear a word from our sponsors. I just want to take a second to thank you for tuning in to today's show. My name is Colin Kelly, co-host of the Road of His Overtime podcast, along with the great Sean Siegel. We do appreciate each and every listener, and as a thank you to each of you, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL pass. We're heading at full speed towards the season. Make sure you're ready. Get yourself access to all the content and tools up on the Road of His website. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout to get yourself that 10% discount. Now let's go and dominate those fantasy leagues in 2021. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Now that you've heard a word from our sponsors, uh, you're going to hear a word from the official John Gruden mouthpiece of the Dice Tradecast. Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs, best quarterback wide receiver duo since Montana Rice and Young Rice and Culpepper Moss. Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs. Now, now that Henry Ruggs has ran the exact same play three times and made an 80-yard touchdown all three times, I have to ask this question, Dan. Why don't they run that play like four times a game? Uh, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I tweeted that out the second that play happened. It's strange that when you use a player to his only strength, his only strength, running very fast in a straight line, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe like 
maybe like a like 85 degree angle. <laughs> yeah, put a little bit of an arc on there, right? Maybe go goalpost. I don't know. Uh, and then just throw it. The the word around the streets is you can't out throw Henry Ruggs. So try. Just keep doing it. If the defense can't stop it, do it. Like, I, I'm not a fan of Henry Ruggs. I get he's fast. This is why they acquired him. But he's not your prototypical wide receiver. He doesn't have the route tree. He's not built for it. And he's got garbage hands. He almost dropped that. I don't know if you watched it. It, <laughs> it literally sunk below his waist after it hit his hands. Uh, you know, I, I still won't be on the buy bandwagon for Henry Ruggs. But that gives a smidgen of hope that maybe they're thinking, hold on a second. You remember that one play we ran, I don't know, last week where we just threw it 70 yards down the field and the guy caught it? Let's keep trying that and to enforce the defense to play, you know, either single high or you know, double high safeties to try to prevent it. And now you're you're just going to let Darren Waller eat if you're doing that. So, um, yeah, I... I I've, I've never been a fan of Derek Carr, but I also want to say that he's, I mean, eternally undervalued and underappreciated. His streak of, of production is, I mean, it's, it's up there with pretty much as good as it gets. His, his only downside has always been the touchdown production because I don't know if you've noticed, but they've had some pretty bad wide receivers and, and everything up and down the board while he's been there. You know, he, he's still throwing for 4,000 yards essentially every year, which I know isn't crazy and it's kind of the new standard, but he should probably be in that like high end QB two range. As far as fantasy goes, he's, he's only 30. It seems like he's been in the league for a million years. And every time I think about the cars, I think about David getting absolutely destroyed in Houston. Uh, but Derek is, Derek is good. I mean, he's, he's good enough where he's going to be around for a while. Yeah, it, it's he's been like the perpetual like unsexy pick because he's not a young quarterback. He's not an exciting. He's not a mobile quarterback. He is like basically a more vanilla Matt Ryan. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, with, with Carr, I've never been a huge fan of his. But if they can, if John Gruden figures out, hey, let's give Henry Ruggs four deep shots a game. Derek Carr is going to throw for 350 yards a game. Like, <laughs> it's that simple. Also, if anybody has John Gruden's phone number, if you can send it over so I can call him about getting Brian Edwards more than three targets and stop throwing it seven to ten times to Hunter Renfro, I would really appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. Let's move to Miami. Tua, stop me if you've heard this before, is hurt. Oh, um, Not again. Tua is hurt, sadly. Uh, left the game early. I. This is how like nervous I am about Tua in general. When I saw Brissett in there, first I was like, oh, like he's just in there. Cause for some reason, they've had a Brissett package in week one. Didn't understand that. So I was like, oh, it's the Brissett package. And he was in there for like a drive. And I'm like, what's oh, happening? No. <laughs> like, did they I was like, did they bench Tua? And then I eventually found out. This was like at the same time that Red Zone went off. Did you know that Red Zone went off for like two and a half minutes and the entire world imploded no. yesterday? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> it was quite miserable. Um, but, 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 Tua hurt, not good, very frustrating. You know, he hasn't been playing great even when he wasn't hurt. Um, but if he comes back, you remember in Bull Predictions episode, 
Tua and uh, Dolphins are my Super Bowl pick. And the fantasy MVP of 2021 is back. He, he returned to the facility today. Will Fuller is back at the facility. Definitely, obviously, bigger than football type of thing that, you know, we didn't know what was going on. We still don't know what was going on. But glad to know that Will Fuller is okay enough to be back at the facility and is expected to play in week two. Even bigger news for Tua's prospects of the future. Preston Williams is back. So let's go, baby. He's healthy. No, that, that, that's, ba- that's bad news for Tua. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, the bruised ribs bit is uh, – he should probably be out there. Now Now I'm starting to get like – like Tua just kind of can't handle it vibes like getting actually hurt and like shredding your ACL. Yeah. Get it. You can't stand. No, I understand that you probably shouldn't be out there, but he got hit hard, got the wind knocked out of him. He should have been playing. I, I, I don't know. I'm not that to me, like took all the wind out of the sails in, in on my Tua ship. I, I, I to be honest with you, Nathan, I think I'm full bore selling. Even at low right now, like I'll go, I'll trade him and go get, uh, I I mean, Mac Jones, that's, that's kind of where I, I'm at. I don't, I don't think you can get back for him right probably, now. Probably not. Maybe Zach Wilson after his yeah, four completion, four interception game. That was pretty good. He's good. Tr- trade one mess for another. Yeah. I mean, granted, like if you sent me an offer, I might buy low, but I'm, I'm definitely not actively seeking a buy low into a, because it looks like the floor is lower than we even expected. So hopefully he comes back. Hopefully Will Fuller turns him into Deshaun Watson on the field. But we will wait on that, and we will wrap up our show this evening with the Los Angeles Rams. Now, Dan, I know everyone loves when we bring back bring up topics that we talked about three years ago. <laughs> but I remember like three years ago, me like seeing like one of his, Cooper Cup had one of his big games. I think it was like a London game where he had like 210 yards and two touchdowns, and I was like. Dan, I know Cooper Cup's like 26 years old, but like, why isn't he a first round startup pick? And the last two weeks are a good example of why wasn't Cooper Cup a first round startup pick two years ago? Well, so the thing is, is that usually defenses put their good defenders on the best wide receivers, and they're doing that with Robert Woods. So that leaves Cooper Cup wide open on every single play. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, they have to cover Van Jefferson now, too, who I was a big fan of. I kind of been tooting that horn. He's a great route runner. He should be consistently open as well. But Cooper Cup is, is I mean, he's just a, a really good wide receiver. He's, he's, you know, your Adam Thielen of the West. This is this is not going to slow down. I mean, maybe the, the big time numbers is going to slow down, but he's been pretty darn consistent uh, over the last couple of years. And obviously having a, a massive upgrade. I know people are like, oh, it's not that big of an upgrade. Jared Goff is fine. I mean, the Rams look untouchable with with Stafford in there. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm I'm on board with Cooper Cup moving up the ranks, like you mentioned. It, I mean, he's he's 28 going on 29, but this um, this doesn't seem to be slowing down. Honestly, I mean, the the first two games he has 10 and 11 targets. He has over 100 yards in both and scores three touchdowns total. So. The offense is going to kind of run through him. Daryl Henderson has looked really good, which is great for the passing game. Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford. Uh, this sucks, sucks a little bit for Robert Woods because it just kind of seems like they're letting the defense take him away if, if the defense is going to focus him. But now we might see that shift a little bit and see defenses focus Cooper Cup, 
which will allow a lot more for uh, for Robert Woods and even Van Jefferson to be those guys. We've seen three guys be productive in this offense before, and I definitely don't think that's outside the realm of possibilities for them to find a really clean balance and just continue to take what the defense gives them and let their guys make plays. Yeah, and the, I was kind of one of those guys that was like, how truly big is the gap between Stafford and, and, and Goff? And the gap is, you know, the size of the Grand Canyon, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> and one of, you know, possibly the negatives to Stafford's profile in the offseason was, okay, how much is are the Rams actually going to have to throw? And they actually haven't thrown a ton through two weeks. 56 uh, passes in two weeks is not a ton in today's NFL. Um, you know, I think Dak had 56 throws in week one. So, <laughs> um, but... 56 is not terrible. 26 uh, week one, 30 in week two. But yeah, I've been very impressed with, with Stafford. I knew he was going to be good because I had faith in Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup, but he has played very well through the first two weeks. And then we now we have Rams Bucks, which should be exciting next week. And if if you were worried about um, you know the potential fallback to earth for Cooper Cup, his target share is massive. Uh, he's got 21 targets through two games. Obviously when you only throw in at 56 times, that's, um, that's pretty special. So uh, the, I, I would imagine we're going to get some more balance out of it, but uh, yeah, I, I honestly think you can be buying all of these guys, Daryl Henderson included, because I mean, to me, Daryl Henderson this last week looked better than Cam Akers really had looked aside from maybe that, that playoff game or whichever game, maybe it was like the last game of the season. Um, Daryl Henderson looked good and this offense is just going to roll, especially knowing that they can kind of do what they want because they know that their defense is going to essentially stop everyone. So, uh, I think sky's the limit kind of for this offense. Obviously the, um, the sheer volume probably isn't what it would be of a Dallas or a, a Kansas city, but they're efficient and they're good. So yeah, I think all of these guys are on my buy list. All righty, that should wrap us up for this evening. Get yourself some Stafford. Get yourself some golf. Uh, no, don't get yourself some golf. I don't know what I'm saying. No I clearly God. need to go. I clearly need to go to bed, Dan. Um, so <laughs> that'll wrap us up for this evening. Um, any last words? Uh, enjoy week three, and we'll see you on the other side. That we will do. Call do.